fantasy ADP check. Really didn't plan this out a whole lot. We just picked five players that we wanted to talk about at, at their average draft position. How do you feel they're valued? And so I guess, you know, it's pretty straightforward. It's just something that you really have to do for every player. Take a look at them and say, do I like them where they're at? Would I draft them later or earlier? And that, of course, tells you whether or not they're over or underrated. And then, boom, you make your decision. It's a pretty straightforward thing to do when you think about the concept, but really getting into the numbers and breaking down, not just going by your bias or your opinion or whatever it may be, but getting into some of the statistics and, and really analyzing what's this guy's true value. Um, but Rob, do you have anything to say before we get into it? Uh, we talk a lot about this when we talk about why you do mock drafts. One is about finding or anticipating the market, mm -hmm. right? You need to know kind of where they're at. And really it's about getting value for your picks, avoiding overvalued players and finding value plays. That's really what it comes down to. Anybody can draft the first round. Like we've often said, uh, you're not going to, you can't win your draft in the first round. You can certainly lose it. But I think you win it actually later in some of these rounds, finding guys that are over underrated, avoiding them, et cetera. So this is what this is all about. Five guys that we think you're either too high or too low, but we want you to be aware of where they're at currently. All right, so pretty straightforward. Let's get right into it with our first guy, and Rob, we'll have you get us started. So when I talk about this first player, it feels like it's low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. um, at least it feels like that to me, but apparently it's not. The guy I want to talk about is Brandon Cooks, wide receiver of the Texans. Now, the standard league size is about 12 teams. We look at that's about your typical league size, 12 mm -hmm. teams. And in many of those leagues, you have to start three wide receivers or a flex play. It's pretty common. So that means the first 36 wide receivers that come off the board are considered stars when you drafted, right? That makes sense, okay? And that's not even considering bye weeks or injuries. Now, currently, Brandon Cooks, his average draft position is a 40th wide receiver taken. <laughs> wow, yeah. that for real? Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, that shocks me. Yeah, it does, talent-wise and situation-wise. We'll get into Deshaun Watson in a minute because there's been some news there. But, yeah, when you look at it, over his career, he's been far better than a 40th wide receiver. So... There's got to be something to bump him down, or there in reality, he's just good value at his ADP. Yeah. I tell you what I think. I think what happens, we're always looking for the next Justin Jefferson. Who doesn't want that guy, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like we say, you swing for the fence, wanting to get that home round, but you end up striking out. So just be careful that you don't overlook players that are maybe not great, but are very solid. Right now, he's being drafted as a wide receiver four, not even drafted as a starter, even though last year he finished 15th in wide receiver fantasy points. So just outside wide receiver one. Now, why the drop? Okay, I think the reason why... He's in a bad position. He's in a bad situation on a bad team. But I'll tell you what, that might actually help his cause. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us see a rougher head for them. Even if Deshaun Watson plays, uh, they just came off a 4-12 and season. They've been losing a lot of good players lately. It looks very much like a real building year. They're going to rebuild this season. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we looked at last year is their defense was bad. 27th overall, allowing 29 points per game. That means a lot of playing from behind and a ton of targets and garbage time stats. I don't care for the garbage time stats. Stats are stats. Points are points, right? So it doesn't matter to me. You don't get style points. You simply get points. Another concern out there is uh, the quarterback concerns. Obviously, that's probably the biggest one. Um, and yes, that's legit. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen to Watson. And what if another guy plays a backup quarterback who's not Watson? Um, I think they could hurt his value a little bit, but not significantly. Um, it'll hurt its efficiency, but it actually will probably increase volume as a bad quarterback. going to throw more picks. going to have less... Uh, the offense is not going to move. It's not going to be productive. And so once again, that's going to increase more garbage time stats. So I don't know if that's necessarily a factor that would bump him down all the way to a wide receiver four at this point. Or if you want to add anything or not, or I can continue. Yeah, no. So that's what I was going to say. His ADP right now, wide receiver 40, I think that's going to drop. So we've heard some news that maybe, you know, they've been 
kind of ramping up that investigation on Deshaun Watson and that they've been getting some more people involved on the government side of things. And, hey, maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't play. But I'll also tell you what, people are scaring off of him more and more, and his ADP is actually dropping. It's not rising. It's not staying still. I'd be willing to bet that when you get to your drafts, he's actually going to be even later, later than the 40th wide receiver. So that is also something to consider. And really want to hit home the point that you say, I know you've got a lot of stats, so maybe this is the last thing I'll throw out there. And that is, you're not picking him to be an efficient play. You're picking him to be a volume play. And, and in PPR leagues, he certainly holds more value than in standards. That should definitely be noted. Yeah. You know, something to consider. Uh, an hour before we did the video, I want to look online, anything new. And as of an hour before we did this video, um, there's some talk that Watson might play this year. Yeah, they're ramping up the investigation, but there have been no formal charges. Mm -hmm. The league hasn't suspended him. He hasn't put on the exemption list yet. So as of now, I mean, and here's the thing. They've been talking about this for quite a while. Yeah. So uh, there's a chance he could play. And by the way, if he does play, that only boosts Brandon Cook's value considerably because he um, may have character issues, but he's a very, very good quarterback. That's undeniable, right? Yeah, he's definitely got high. I mean, his ceiling is a wide receiver, too, if Watson is out there. Absolutely. Right? So people are avoiding Cooks like he's a plague or something or like he's chopped liver, but he's a former first-round pick, 20th overall. He was drafted there for a reason. Mm -hmm. He's been in the league seven years, and five of those, he had over 1,000 yards of receiving. The one year that broke up, he didn't have his rookie year, and he wanted to stretch, and then he had one year between, he didn't. Um, and that one year that he didn't uh, was 2019. That was kind of his worst year. I, I would really chalk that up to Goff being at quarterback and then add the fact he had Cup and Woods there. So uh, we know that Goff has had his issues. So uh, he's had... Five seasons with over 1,000 yards. Last year in 15 games, he had 81 catches, 1,150 yards. Now, the first four weeks, and maybe it was getting used to timing, new offense, I'm not sure, he hardly impressed. But the other 11 games that he played, he was rated the 14th overall wide receiver, and he was fourth in total yards during those weeks with 953. Now, some would say, well, that was a volume play. Uh, but I don't think it's just a volume play. He received the 22nd overall um, rating as a wide receiver pro football focus. So, they rate a lot of things, catch percentage, quality, you name it, et cetera. They bring all these things into rate him. And 22nd is, is once again, very good. Um, he's a guy that probably doesn't have a very high ceiling, but he's got a very, very good floor. Mm -hmm. um, this is a guy that uh, don't sleep on him. You know, he might not be sexy, but I tell you what, he'd be very solid flex or wide receiver um, three. So, uh, yeah, this is a guy that I think is definitely being overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, not all of your picks will be home run sleepers. you got to take the safe deal. The ADP value, got to take that safe option, and he is definitely out there at this moment as a great way to shore up your wide receiver three. So definitely go ahead and do that. Let's get on to our next guy. All right, so the guy that I want to talk about next is Rob Gronkowski. It's hilarious. We talk about how desperately little talent is out there at the tight end position, and yet we have Rob Gronkowski, according to ADP, going off the board as the tight end number nine or number 10, according to whichever sites you're following for their ADPs that they do. That's like 104th overall. That's a late eighth round pick, almost coming in in the ninth round. And again, that's really funny because we complain every year about how little talent there is at the tight end position. And here's a guy who comes out last year, plays 12 games. He's rusty, not quite at his peak. And you know what? Really, really surprised me. At least he finished eighth. So people are already drafting him one spot later than he finished. But in reality, with how rusty he started, it was really impressive. So he had 45 catches for 623 yards and seven touchdowns. And that's something he's always been good at is the touchdowns. He's a touchdown machine. That's really important to note. And he really got off the ground. From weeks five onward, he finished with 5.3 targets per game, and that's when he scored all seven of his touchdowns. So 
Again, want to put that out there. Remember that he really got hot towards the end of the season. And it wasn't a volume thing. It wasn't a luck thing. And I wouldn't even say that it was a touchdown-dependent thing. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is a stud at finding the end zone. He's got a big body. He's like a center boxing out to get a rebound. That's what he does. That's why he's able to find the end zone so much. Uh, But it should be noted that that's not his only area of success. He was third in yards per target with 11.9 yards per target. 13.8 yards per catch was fourth among tight ends. 68% contested catch percentage was third among tight ends. And he is still a matchup nightmare. You cannot cover this guy in man and zone. You know, there's some things that you can do to maybe minimize his presence. But in man, he had the second highest PFF receiving grade rating. And he had a pass rating of 135. That was third, or excuse me, fourth among tight ends. When you look at it in basically every statistical category, He was dominant. Now, he is not going to get you the yards of Travis Kelsey, and he's probably not going to go out there and get you 80 catches in a year. But he's going to go out there and find the end zone. He's going to make plays. He's still got that. He's still, you know, coming into this year, have to wonder if he's going to be in better shape than he was last year. I mean, he finished so strong, two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Why is everyone overlooking this guy and taking him like he's barely going to be a starter when in reality he could very well be top four, top three fantasy tight end? Yeah, he's a guy that's uh, obviously taken a lot of hits in his career. He's been banged up. Last year's numbers were down, and maybe they were disappointed. He didn't have Rob Gronkowski-type numbers. But, you know, here's the thing. He's actually not that old. Mm-hmm. He still has got a couple years ahead of him that he could be productive. He's a guy that it's almost unfair because you can take him a safe play, mm-hmm. but yet he's got potential upside. I mean, this is Rob Gronkowski, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. And so if everything fell into place, you know, maybe an injury at wide receiver, once again, a whole nother year back in better playing shape, on a new, you know, once again on that offense, uh, this is a guy that could surprise a lot of you, but you can't go wrong with him, honestly, especially where people are taking him at. Yeah, exactly, and that's what really gets me. If there's a guy whose his ADP is in the second round, but I think he's a first-round talent, I'm still nervous to take him in the first round. I want to take him early to make sure I get him, but that feels like a big leap. But as a eighth, basically ninth-round guy, I have no like worries about bumping him up around and making him a early eighth or a seventh-round pick. Am I right? Yep. So uh, let's move on to our next guy, but I love Rob Gronkowski. I think he's a huge steal. So I think the next two guys I'm going to talk about, I think I've been uh, taken a little bit too early. I think they're rated too high. I think I'm going to get crucified for this. But a guy I think you need to be worried about is Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Bengals. Now, his current average draft position is 13th currently among quarterbacks, but he's been fluctuating up and down, and I think his high watermark got as low as the 11th quarterback taken, which, according to you know, the 12-team league, that makes him a starter. He's young, he's talented, bright future. Yeah, I get that. Um, but right now, to draft him in the number 11 spotter in that range as a starter, he carries so many risks when there's so many solid other quarterback options out there. I think he's better to monitor early on and wait and see. And here's why. One, Quarterback is only going to be as good as their offensive line. Their offensive line is not good. Um, they're being rated right now going into this year as a 26 offensive line. Last year, they finished 30th. And they have a ton of question marks at the offensive line. That first overall pick last year took 32 sacks, tied for second most, and 42 quarterback hits, tied for fifth most over the first 11 weeks of the season. Okay, that's a lot through 11 weeks. That number could have been much higher, but his athleticism, the fact that he's young, he would buy time in the pocket. He was often running for his life. If you watch games, it was ugly at times back there. And that offensive line has got a long way to go before you'd say that they're decent and solid. Um, let's look at surrounding cast. Quarterbacks only as good as the players around him, especially if you're a young quarterback in the league. You need quality players. We're talking about weapons at running back, tight end, wide receiver. I'll say right now they're not top notch. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just an objective. Honest analysis. I do think they got some young talent there and potential. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Boyd. 
Boyd's a quality wide receiver. I actually like him, but he's not a legitimate number one. He's not a game changer like DeAndre Hopkins, okay? <laughs> and he's not going to be. Um, rookie Chase, I think he's got upside, looks good. But yeah, there's a lot of rookies that come in the league and may take a year or two to really develop into that game changer. Higgins shows a lot of upside. So those are not bad options, but there's a lot of inexperience there. Yeah, and when you break it down, and you got a lot to go over, but I want to kind of chip into that wide receiver thing. It's funny. They had uh, Joe Burrow, among all the quarterbacks, had the highest drop percentage that he had to deal with. They dropped like 17 of his throws, even in those limited amount of games. Remember, that wasn't even for a whole season. And they've got this terrible offensive line. So then there's real conundrum. Do, we, do they take an offensive lineman or do they take a wide receiver? Wide receiver, that's great. But they still don't have a great receiving core. I'd still probably call you know, maybe average, you know, at best, to be honest with you. And that might even be a stretch. Maybe below average is the right way to say it. But And they've still got a bad offensive line that they couldn't manage to fix. So you got to be really nervous for him. And maybe the biggest thing is still the injury, too, you know, and the mobility. But there's so much here to consider. There really is. Yeah, when you consider drops, you might think, well, it's A.J. Green and he's gone. But if you actually look at the video, we did a deep dive on that. As far as catchable balls go, we're not just talking targets, but catchable balls. Uh, um, Green was not the problem there. Uh, he wasn't the guy that was causing all those drops. Talk about their tight ends. There's nothing to write home about there. Their tight ends are just not good. And running backs. Obviously, if you can have a good running game, that helps. I actually like Joe Mixon. A lot of people think he could be the guy. Um, but once again, they haven't shown the ability to uh, maintain a solid running attack. Maybe it's the offensive line. It may not be him. Um, they haven't shown a running attack that can keep defenses honest, that threatens with a play action, and protects their quarterback. Once again, Joe Mixon may be talent-wise the guy, but until that whole team comes together, they just haven't shown that. Um, Joe Barrow has his struggles last year. Okay, His yard totals were good. If you look at his overall totals, they were pretty good. But I think one of the reasons why he had so many yards is they were often playing from behind, and that contributed to the numbers there. Um, now, he was able to exploit the Browns. For whatever reason, he played the Browns twice and had great games. If you take those two games away, the rest of his games – um, he was slightly above average as far as rookie quarterbacks go. Nothing exciting there. Um, he had struggles with deep throws. We did the same where Pro Football Focus talks about throws over 20 yards or more. Okay, He threw 43 deep balls. That was tied for 7th in the league. Okay, um, He completed 8 of 43. That's 18.6%. Only Dwayne Haskins, Mitch Trubinsky, and Jimmy Garoppolo were worse. Okay, His passer rating of 51.1 on those throws is 32nd out of 36 quarterbacks. But the previous three that I mentioned, three, I can't get my fingers right, previous three that I mentioned, then add Drew Locke onto that. And so that's not good company. Now, he's young, he's talented, but I think there are much safer options out there right now at the beginning of the year until he proves something. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins, not a great quarterback, but as far as fantasy goes, the guy puts up numbers. Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, um, even Matthew Stafford was drafted in many leagues after him. Mm-hmm. I'll take Matthew Stafford over him at any point. I list early on a lot safer options. I like him, but don't depend on him as being a top 12 quarterback early in the year. There's just too many risks there. Yeah, you know, again, and that's maybe the biggest thing that gets me and the real reason that I want to hit home this idea of please wait on Joe Burrow. And there's, we've done two mock drafts together this offseason, or maybe it was three, but on what did we find? Every single time a Ryan Tannehill was out there late or a Deshaun Watson was out there very late or a Tom Brady was out there in the 10th round. It's like, why would you waste a pick on this guy? Because I tell you what, he's one of those guys who, maybe I'm wrong, but he'll probably be a free agency in week three or week four. Like, you know what I mean? There's always that talent out there as well, and that's a whole other thing to consider that there's so many options at quarterback. You don't need to desperately hoard and shoot for talent like at running back. Because at running back, I'll do that. Running back, I'll say, he's still young. I don't care about the injury. I don't care about the situation. It's a keeper league. I need to stash this guy. But you don't need to stash a quarterback. And quarterback is the one position. If I have to stream a player, mm-hmm. um, there's two positions I like to do it at that I think are easy. It's defense mm-hmm. and quarterback. 
to me, those are the safest and easiest ones to look at and to stream if you need to. And so um, I've even I went an entire season streaming quarterbacks and been just fine um, as far as points go. So once again, don't take him early. Um, we need to see a few things. I think he has a bright future. It just may not be right away this year, and it may not even be this year per se. All right. Well, let's get on to our next guy. All right. So for me, I want to talk about Jarvis Landry right now, which I'm just going to put it out there, guys. Please don't click off this video. I know people are really down on Jarvis Landry, and I get it. I get it. There's a reason his ADP has dropped to wide receiver 41 over 103 overall. Guys, I get it. But you need to consider some things. Statistically, he didn't have a horrible year last year. 101 targets for 72 catches, 840 yards, and 5 TDs. I believe that total to be about 181 fantasy points. Now, and this goes back to, to what you were saying earlier with Brandon Cooks. I'm going to gamble on some guys. I'm going to maybe go out and take CeeDee Lamb earlier than I should. I'm going to take a running back like Najee Harris, who's got huge upside. I am going to take my risks and my shots. You cannot fill your entire roster with gambles, so you need to find the Jarvis Landrys of the world, who you might not love, but when you begin to break some things down, there is definitely value there. Here's a few stats I found recently that maybe really sold me on, hey, he's got more value than before. And when I started looking into his ADP, I didn't really think he had that much value. But again, found some interesting stats. One, he is one of just seven wide receivers who's finished as a top 24 fantasy receiver in five of the last six years. That's pretty good, uh, pretty good category to be in. But here's the other wide receivers who have done it. Julio Jones, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, and Amari Cooper. That is great, great cast of guys to be in. Now, certainly, I do not see him with the likes of a DeAndre Hopkins or a Devontae Adams, but you definitely have to consider that maybe he's a little closer to that than you kind of you think. Uh, last year, looking at it, or excuse me, not last year, but over, was it the last seven seasons he's, he's played in the league? He's had 637 catches for over 7,000 yards and 35 TDs. It's important to note that only two wide receivers have caught more passes than Jarvis Landry in this time. He's ultimately come out as a just PPR stud. Um, we could break down lots of numbers. I do want to break down some more numbers, but I, I, I don't even necessarily know if the stats for me are what really have convinced me that maybe he's a good pick here. And for me, it's what happened when Odell Beckham went down with injury last season, and suddenly the Browns started to really figure out that offense. And to be quite honest, did they almost look better in those kind of those some of those games where they seemed to really stop leaning on Odell Beckham? They were spreading the ball out more, and they really found their identity and became the Browns team that you know a lot of Browns were really hoping for them to be to. Uh, hopefully, in this season, they will continue that trend of spreading the ball out more, seeing the weapon they have in Jarvis Landry, and continuing to give him those targets. And hey, at the very least, you're getting a 75 or more catch wide receiver in a PPR scoring that has got to feel like a really safe option that you are, again, according to ADP, drafting as your bench wide out, when in reality, he's going to fill a solid high-end wide receiver three role. Um, uh, maybe a few more things I could say here, but nothing too important. Rob, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we tend to overreact and we, we forget, but you got to sometimes put your emotions aside, pull back and look at the big picture. In the NFL, it's a league of trends. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think people figure things out, give it time, then they'll begin to counter that. And I'll give you an example. Remember the Rams played the Chiefs a couple years ago and the final score was like 54 to 51. It was like, ah, the year, you know, defense never matters anymore. It's all about offense anymore. Uh, years of defense of winning games and championships is gone. 
But then, of course, uh, therefore, shortly after, um, the Patriots won the you know the, the Super Bowl and uh, just a, a terribly low-scoring game there, right? Yeah. And guess what I'm going to get at with that is this. Um, the Browns figured out that they are better running the ball, and I think they'll make that an emphasis again this year because I absolutely love Chubb. He's so good. Mm-hmm. But like anything, other teams will watch. They'll study film. They'll look at it. And I think if you're preparing for what you're going to do is you're going to realize you've got to shut down the run and force Baker to throw the ball. And so they're going to have to come back a little bit. Yes, they're going to lean on the run, but I don't think they're going to lean on heavily. I think they're going to have to come back and have a balanced attack, and they're going to go back to players like Beckham and Landry. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, that's just what happened in the league. A team will do well for a while, but then other teams will figure out how to counteract that. And so you're always having to, to change an ebb and flow, and I think you're going to see that again in that offense. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that leads me to my question. Excellent transition here. Who's your final guy? So my final guy is Kareem Hunt. And I guess I'll just roll right with this. I'm going to get crucified, okay? Everybody throw your hater comments out there. Whatever. Judge me by the end of the year, right? Well, you know, no matter how much hate you get, you won't get more hate than I got for posting that people should wait on Derrick Henry because apparently I'm the biggest idiot in fantasy football. And you were waiting wasn't saying don't take him in the second round. You're like, just don't take him number one. Drop exactly. him down about six. I know. Is I said just drop him to six because there is a big difference there. But you know what? Whatever. It's That's fine. because you shared a lot of feelings and no stats. Wait, no. No. No, actually, you shared. All I had was facts and information. information. Hmm, go figure. <laughs> in fantasy, if you want to win, key point, put your feelings aside and be logical. Let's get, to tr- let's get to Kareem Hunt here. So right now his average draft position is 21st running back being taken. That's RB2 territory. Um, so you're drafting him based on last year's finish. Uh, and that was really remarkable for a backup running back, but is that sustainable? You're drafting him at what I would call the high water mark at his ceiling with the hope that Chubb gets hurt again or banged up or they continue feeding Hunt like they did last season. Mm-hmm. I want to consider a few things. Let's go back to 2019. Now that year he ended up 47th in running back points. Now I know people are going to say, well, he only played in eight games. That is true. But he was also carried in those eight games by an unusually high spike in stats, a higher volume in the passing game. He had 4.6 catches per game, and that was great. But if you compare that to his career in other years, other years he had 3.3, 2.4, and then again last year, 2.4 catches per game. 2019 was not normative for him. He's got good hands. But this guy is not uh, a phenomenal. He's certainly not like you know Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the other thing. He'll lose some of those targets to Beckham. Uh, Odell Beckham's going to come back, and he may not be Odell Beckham like New York, but he's still Odell Beckham. He's going to get some targets, so I think he's going to be fine there. Um, what really elevated his role or his totals last year were his carries. He saw an increase in carries. Chubb missed time. He missed four games. But I would say this. I feel a little bit more comfortable with him in PPR leagues. But as far as being a pure runner goes, you look at Hunt or Chubb. Well, as far as Hunt goes, his yards per carry have dropped the last few years, and Chubb by far is a better pure runner. If you based on metrics, when we talk about metrics, we're talking about elusive rating, yards after contact. Uh, Chubb is actually the best in the league. Numbers tell you this guy is phenomenal. Obviously, he's not going to get the volume play that a Henry does, so the total numbers won't be there. But this guy is phenomenal. He's a great back. When it counts, they lean on him. The Browns lean on Chubb quite a bit. Okay? And they lean on him, and they use Hunt as being their change of pace or giving him a rest. Last year in the postseason, when everything's on the line, when it matters the most, they relied heavily on Chubb with Hunt only getting two targets in two games. Clearly, they knew who the better back was, and you should too. Now, obviously, if Chubb gets hurt, that changes everything. If Hunt gets, I'm sorry, if Chubb gets hurt, Hunt becomes um, running back one. Top running back 12, one. Hands down, Absolutely. top 10, maybe even top eight, top six. I mean, the ceiling is so high there. Yep. Um, but, and I really, you put it there, and I just, this needs to be said. 
The Browns mm-hmm. know who the better back is, and it's Chubb. And they and hey, maybe that's not the case, but it's clear the Browns think that. It yes. is obvious. And so you need to understand that they are not going to work him into a role similar to Chubb. No, it's not going to be a, a running back 1A and 1B thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's the running back 1 there. Uh, obviously, Chubb get hurts. That changes things. But it's hard to draft knowing his value is directly tied to the need of an injury or a drafting hunt expecting that two running backs on the same team will finish in the top 24 in scoring. Does it happen? Yes, it can happen. It has happened. But it is not normal. And that really caps the ceiling a lot. I don't think he's going to go back to his point totals of 2019 when he was 47th. Um, but I think he's going to be hard-pressed to repeat 2020. So I think he's going to fall somewhere in the running back, what I would say, 32, I'm sorry, maybe the 26 to 32 range. That's why I see Hunt finishing 26 to 32. And that puts him more as a, um, a high RB3 or a flex play with safer values in PPR leagues. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with the guy. I think people are too excited, too hyped up. I don't want to risk it. I would love to have him on my team as a running back three um, or a handcuff for Chubb. But, man, I don't want to rely on this guy as my RB2. I just don't. Yeah, and one of the really important things you have to understand, let's take a look at some of the other examples where teams have had two good running backs. One, you get Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. They did that. Uh, A few things to note there. One, the defense was awful. Two, they had two running backs who could run and catch extremely well. Three, they had the quarterback who was good enough to produce fantasy numbers. And really, I guess the biggest thing to put out there was it didn't last didn't happen three or four years in a row it happened once maybe twice I think the next year was kind of another drop-off year and again the situation where one of the you know Freeman goes down and Tevin Coleman plays and then Coleman goes down and Freeman plays or the other one being when Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram did it but that situation quickly evaporated as uh, Alvin Kamara clearly set himself in as the number one back there and and Ingram just continued to drop and fall back to the wayside like it just doesn't last it happens but it's a fluke and there's a reason it's only happened a few times ever in as far as I know in fantasy football so just picture this you're you're at uh, week 12 week 13 right and uh, you need a win and you need to win badly and you got Hunt on your team um, and he's had a good year uh, he's maybe played like his last year but uh, you don't dare sit the guy because he's been solid um, and so what do you do? You put them on here, and then that's the game where they go uh, 25 carries for Chubb, and, and Hunt gets like three, four carries and two targets. Um, man, that is tough to, to lose on that way. Like, I want to know my guy is the guy. He's got a majority of the carries, touches, et cetera. Um, once again, great play as a flex, an RB3. Uh, as an RB2, you're, you're drafting him there with really no room to go up. You're getting him as, as high water mark. So uh, that's my take. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. So those are five guys that I really like our kind of breakdowns and evaluations for those picks. Uh, Hopefully you guys agree with us, and I'd love to hear your comment on two things. One, what are some more ADP players that you have opinions on or even strong opinions on? And what are some videos that you guys would like us to do before we get into the season? Because once the season starts, there's really only a few videos that we're going to do. It'll be waiver wire. It'll be start sit every week. Hopefully we'll do, be able to have some time to do some injury update videos, and we'll definitely be doing some trade target videos every couple of weeks. Um, but we've still got a few weeks till the season starts, so what do you want to see to help you prepare before the first game of the NFL season hits? Um, guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. You have a great day, and God bless.